Hey guys, this is Pete Trubus of StartingStrength.com and I'm here to update you on all the events that we have coming up. Currently we have three full seminars on the schedule, the next one being in Phoenix, Arizona, November 8th through the 10th. After that we'll be in Wichita Falls, December 6th through the 8th, and then for the first time in Las Vegas in February from the 7th to the 9th. We also have six camps coming up. We have a squat camp in Singapore on November the 3rd. November 16th we'll be in Plantation, Florida for a squat and deadlift camp. November 24th, Seoul, Korea will be holding a three-lift camp with the squat, press, and deadlift. November 30th, Portland, Oregon's having their squat camp. December 7th, in Moodus, Connecticut, we'll be holding a squat and deadlift camp. Woodmere, New York, December 15th, we'll also be holding a squat and deadlift camp. We'll also have a coaches camp where you can learn to coach the squat on November 24th in Baltimore. Also new to the rotation will be some nutrition camps, starting off Villa Park on November 16th, and then January 11th, we'll be in San Diego. For details and any information that you're looking for, head over to startingstrength.com and you'll find all of our events listed on the homepage. Thanks, and we hope to see you. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Thank you again for being here on a Friday. We uh, today are talking to our friend Julia Avila, who is uh, an up-and-coming UFC fighter. And we're going to talk to her about all kinds of interesting things today. But first, comments Comment. from, from the, the haters. haters. Now, these are all kind of going in the same direction today. Uh, most of them don't like the way I look. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, coming from a guy with a beach body. That belly is telling me he knows what he's on about. Why are all powerlifters fat? Is it a requirement? This Ripito guy seems like they're God, and he's fat, too. Isn't it wonderful that I don't get paid for the way I look? Haters. Julia, you think that's appropriate? I'm just, you know, okay. Well, if you're if you're fascinated with it, I suppose that. All right. Still pushing the one gram of body weight nonsense. I see what a joke. Let me guess. Starting strength is going to start selling a protein powder soon. We could just I'm, use I'm, this I'm, one mic. I'm, I'm, well, we could. I, Julia, you're really you're really making me uncomfortable. You, you think Good that's form. you think that's appropriate? So that. <laughs> okay, here's I normally I normally take my workout advice from someone who is in actual physical say, shape. Just saying, we better wrap this up. <laughs> and that's it for comments, comments from, from the haters. The haters. We're here with Julia Avila, Raging Panda is her. What do you call that little? It's my fight name. Your fight name is Raging Panda. So what's the deal with pandas? 
Um, every- you and and Nick <laughs> over here seem to think pan- what is there pandas got something to do with Krav Maga? No, that's, that's, no. Why, that's no. just that's why I use the panda because it's the least tactical thing I can think. It's of. Right. the most unassuming villain ever. Right. Um, I actually don't. I I just really love pandas. There's the, no no deeper meaning or anything. Everyone wants to associate. You're just something. cool, right? Just cool as a cucumber. Cool as a panda. Cool as a panda. Yeah. We're talking about the greater panda, not the lesser panda. No. Right. Great. Giant. The greater panda. Pa- giant panda. They yeah. call him. The I don't deal with those red pandas. Jerks. No, they're kind of raccoon-looking little creatures. They're jerks. You know? Have you ever seen one in the no, zoo? Never have. You shouldn't. They're horrible. They hide. They're, do they? Mm, most of them. Well, that's why I haven't seen one in the zoo. They yeah. were hiding. Of course, I don't go to zoos much. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Julie, where are you from? I was born where in were you born? L.A. Were you? Yeah. Because you have a little accent. I ate a lot of tacos in L.A. Where did that come from? Letterkenny? Um, no, uh, sorry. Um, are your parents from out of the country? My parents are both from um, Mesillas, I believe so. They're they're both immigrants from Mexico, so I'm right. first generation uh, Mexican-American. So you've got a tiny little bit of an accent going on. It's lovely. Yeah first person to say that thank you really yeah that, that it's lovely or that i that you have an answer? that you notice it my my yeah, cousin hear like, a little tiny bit Julie, it, why don't you talk like us i'm like because i was born in la right <laughs> everybody in la talks like <laughs> talks like they're from california I guess. yeah yeah so californian accent i suppose so um i actually i i play sports it's yes. fun it's sure. something that makes sense to me um my career is a geologist. I, right. That's and we're going to talk about that later as well. You and I are trained in the same field. So. Right. And so that's what I do. That's my profession. Right. My passion is to beat the fuck out of people. Right. And uh, I which ended is, up being which, pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah, so you are. It's a, it's a, my side hustle. So how long have you been fighting? Um, off and on since 2012. So seven years. Really? How, but seven years total experience in... in and Off and on, I took about what, a three what gets to four called year break. the martial arts, so yeah. to speak. I took about a three to four year break. Mm-hmm. So, so you're to- You didn't start when you were five, then. No, right? no, no. What, I didn't. What start- sports did you do before you you got into this? I started in high school, really, um, and I only did school sports mm-hmm. and anything school sponsored. My parents, I had no uh, financial backing or support from family, so mm-hmm. I still didn't even learn any actual of the uh, rule sets of any of the sports that I varsityed in mm-hmm. <laughs> until so what did you what did you play varsity sports in? Uh, volleyball, soccer, track and field. Right. And, uh, what I was can... your track and field background? Shot and weight. Right. Or uh, shot and discus, I'm sorry. So you were a thrower and, and but but not a sprinter? No, no. I, I tried triple jump because, mm-hmm. you know, right. why not? Uh, and I actually, I did... Uh, shot put and wait for notre dame really yeah yeah really scholarship uh partial it was academic so Mm -hmm. i academic anywhere um it's millennium yay so your geology degree is from notre dame no no uh i left notre dame and i finished my collegiate career at uc santa cruz go slugs (laughs) banana slugs yeah yeah okay how did you enjoy living in santa cruz it was wonderful. We were talking about zoos earlier. I mean, that <laughs> that place is so uh, fucking weird. It was crazy. Yes. Um, I was focused mostly on 
uh, my education and uh, work. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get to go out much. Right. Yeah. I worked for um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So mm-hmm. I uh, I played with fish. <laughs> I worked right. as a fish hatchery manager. So oh, really? That's what I did. Yeah. How long were you out there? Three years. So I did graduate on time despite switching universities and everything. Mm-hmm. And there is where I started to bring it all back. Um, I started uh, running cardio kickboxing classes and like Zumba and body pump. Mm-hmm. I was a sucker for, for, for classes. Right. Um, and after college, I went home, started working on a rig, and I was talking to one of my buddies on the rig, and mm-hmm. I go, well, you know, I have this experience, and they're like, why don't you see if you can take a punch? Like, you can throw one, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So I walked into a gym, and I tried out MMA. Mm-hmm. Had a first um, what, uh, smoker, like, a month later, and then I had my first fight, my first actual fight was a professional fight. Really? I had no idea until they closed the cage. They're like, by the way, it's pro. And <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah. And the girl that I beat is now ranked number five in the UFC, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, I had no idea it was a pro You're catching fight. up with her, aren't you? Yeah. So let's talk about the fighting stuff. You are... Uh, your background, your formal training is in BJJ and Muay yes. Thai, yes. right? And tell us about that. So I do um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's uh, ground fighting for layman's terms. Um, it's, you know, the, the little man's sport, right? It's all mm-hmm. about leverage and learning how to position your body. Um, I've been doing that for about the same amount of time. Um, actually, I started with judo. Um, mm-hmm. And so I know how to throw people down. I know how to strangle them while they're down. And uh, <laughs> that's where the jiu-jitsu comes in. And um, I do uh, Muay Thai, and I know how to knock people out. So right. yeah, I've been doing that all. Uh, when I went in and started fighting, I just went balls to the wall, all in. So I started everything all at the same time. Right. So you're taking classes in BJJ and the kicking sports. Yep. All at the same time. Yeah. Let me tell you this story real quick. I remember, and this just hit me, when I was a kid, I want to say about 10, 11, I recycled enough cans in California to buy my first punching bag. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I went, it was like... It, it took all summer, and it was about 50 bucks, and I still have it to this day. It's a blue really? century bag. It's about this big, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I'd, I've always had an interest in it. Well, apparently you have. Yeah. Uh, it just fascinates me that you've got a day job, and you're training at the pro level for this sport. <laughs> what does your day look like? How much sleep do you get? Not enough. I definitely don't get enough. Probably not. I've never really had enough um, sleep. I've always just been a go, go, go person. Mm -hmm. Um, I've maintained a similar schedule since high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom used to make fun of me. She said I was the one that opened up the school and closed it (laughs) because I was there for zero period and actually before zero period too. So I was there around 530 and then leaving at 10 o'clock right. every night because I had training. Um, 
So now, as an adult, I've carried that through. I wake up around 4 o'clock every morning. I start, um, or I'm sorry, I wake up at 4.30 every morning. 4.30. 4.30. Not 4. No. Okay. Because that's too close to the witching hour, and I'm that Catholic. So right. okay. uh, we just don't do that. Right. So uh, 5 a.m., I start lifting. And um, three times a week uh, on the days that I don't, I enjoy running. So I'll just hop on my treadmill and put on a show. Mm-hmm. do that or I'll go to yoga um, I work out from 5 to 6 I work from 7 to 5 and in between there at lunch I work out another hour mm-hmm. get home at 5.15 I'm back at the gym at around 6.30 to 9 are you, in a, are you have an office job now? yes sir yeah. Yeah. I work in an office so that's and you live lot. in Oklahoma City yes right so you just commute to the office, mm-hmm. and it's not bad since it's Oklahoma City. Oh. So you, uh, you're you working 7 to 5 with an hour to lunch, mm-hmm. train at lunch, mm-hmm. and then after you get off work. I'm at home for about 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. then we train at the the gym, and it's either jiu-jitsu or uh, MMA, which is mostly a striking focus, so it's a Muay Thai class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't train lightly. My, our school is very, <laughs> very tough. It's mm-hmm. not. It's really not. It's, good it's not a recreational right. approach to the right. to the deal, right? So, uh, would you care to tell us about your instructors? Huh? Who, who have brought you? Who's who's of the guys that are responsible for this. Yeah, so uh, the men and women uh, responsible for my successes, um, I have Seth Norman, who is my head jiu-jitsu and MMA coach. Mm-hmm. He uh, has a ton of experience and um, is just one of those uh, genetic freaks that, you know, he bumps into a barbell and it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his wife, Jamie Naturally Meadows, strong. Yes, guys. naturally strong. Well, his mm-hmm. wife is this beautiful blonde Barbie doll um, who's not as strong and not naturally gifted in that sense, in that regard, but she is um, very technical. So I mm-hmm. get a lot from her. Um, my husband, Cody, Cody is uh, my Cody's strength, strength coach. Cody's your strength coach. And he actually introduced me to, um, to starting strength and well, the starting good. strength method. We're happy that he did that. Yeah. You were at the seminar. When, when did... Uh, Last it's been October. a long time. Yeah, I, it's almost a year. It was the December seminar in 2018. December? I believe we were here in Wichita Falls. It was in Wichita Falls. Yeah, it was. So there. it was December in it, December of the 18th. It was just after a fight because yeah. I was skinny. <laughs> what were you weighing at the time? About 150, 152. Yeah, 10 pounds right. less. Uh, I don't know that we would call you skinny, Julia. Swole, but not uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're you're weighing uh, what what you just told me a minute ago is that you're weighing 161 today. Yeah, and you're going to fight at 138. 35. 135. And that just I'd be real interested to see how you how you manage to do that. Do they? Uh, does uh, UFC have a 24-hour weigh-in? Yes. Well, that's how they do Thank it. goodness. <laughs> that's Thank how they goodness, do it. Thank goodness, because I would not be a bantam fighter if Well, no, and you're not a bantam fighter, and it's, it's kind of dumb, really. Uh, not 
not not for Julia. It's not. No, Makes sense but, to me. I mean, if they were serious about the weight classes, they they would handle that differently, wouldn't they? But that's common to powerlifting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting approach to the to the weight class situation. If you ask me. And well, so, yeah, yeah, and people there there is a smart way to cut. Well, yeah, and not die and stuff. But right. uh, it's that's another topic for Takes discussion. Maybe we'll talk about that. Well, it it does. It's dangerous though. Oh it's, yeah, it's very dangerous, and it it shouldn't be done but it is and you've got to play by the rules and Mm -hmm. so that's what you're going to do so i understand uh so um for those of you that are as stupid about this sort of thing as i am uh and i i you know i'm just i'm just the the barbell guy. I don't know anything about the history of the UFC and I don't know that much about MMA and I don't know uh, a lot really about, I mean, I've, I've watched, obviously, I, you know, kind of a, kind of a minor fan of this sort of thing, but I, I've, li- I've watched a lot more boxing than I have UFC. I watched boxing for 50 years, but, uh, UFC is new to me. I don't, I don't have cable, and I haven't spent a lot of time watching it uh, anywhere except on YouTube. So could you take us through what you know of the history of the sport and how it has uh, apparently overtaken boxing? Would that be reasonable to say that UFC is overtaken boxing, MMA is overtaken boxing? I don't, know. I don't know that it necessarily yeah, has. It has. Boxing is still boxing has more money, and boxing does have yeah, more money. There's no sure. doubt about that. But I'm, in terms of viewership, I think that MMA has reached a completely different market. Yes. Than than boxing has. Yeah. Boxing is guys my age, and you know it's it's always been it's a it's a traditional fan sport for. Mm-hmm for lots and lots of lots and lots of people but MMA has opened up a, a completely different audience to uh, hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. and uh, this all started back in the I guess the late 90s with the Gracies yeah right isn't that how that this whole UFC one I remember watching UFC one yeah they uh, used to pit uh, specialists against yes. one another right and uh and everybody figured out that (laughs) the karate guys got their asses handed to them Mm -hmm. and the and the uh taekwondo guys got and they they they, lasted about 10 seconds correct me if i'm wrong but they had no weight classes correct i don't i think that's true they did i I don't think they had weight classes no No time limit no rounds rounds and no rules except for uh, you couldn't kick somebody in the balls or something like that. Yeah. And, and there people, were a few things, but that, but it was, it was just, it was almost the same level of no rules as sumo, which has just a couple of rules, right. you know, nothing but the soles of your feet can touch the ground and, uh, no, uh, closed hand blows. And that's basically all there is to sumo. So UFC was a very simple approach to this, and if if I remember correctly, um, 
I think the thing rapidly headed in one direction, and that was toward BJJ and uh, and the Gracies version of that, and and boxing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how the thing? That's my recollection. What is what's your take on this? Uh, yeah, so it has evolved from that, um, but I think with the progression of uh, mixed martial arts, they've really incorporated the mixed portion of it, and especially in the growth of uh, men's uh, mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. So we went from specialists, from the karate's, from the jujitsu guys, from um, uh, what is judo it? players. Yeah, and judo players. We went from all of that to really encompassing this mixed portion mm-hmm. of martial arts. Where so, everybody's got a little bit of all of it. Correct. Right. Correct. And now we have this beautiful evolution of of just carnage, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, a, and it's an interesting thing to watch. Women's MMA hasn't necessarily gotten there yet. So we have people like Ronda Rousey, who's a judo specialist, mm-hmm. make it and become a champion. Mm-hmm. And we have people like Holly Holm, who is a specialist, who has no groundwork, and she became a champion. We have mm-hmm. these specialists that are still succeeding. And um, not until recently have we seen this evolution of the mixed portion of martial arts in uh, women's MMA. And I feel mm-hmm. like I am truly a mixed martial artist. So with you know the evolution of the UFC and then going out worldwide, like I think women are slowly catching up to that mixed portion of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. What would you consider important about the mix is uh, if a person is extremely good in their own little specialty, why is that not enough in UFC? Because it doesn't finish there. So if um, if we have a, so take for instance, and I did mention Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, uh, we have a a ground fighter, um, mm. essentially a ground fighter, a judoka, uh, <clears throat> with Rousey. And if she can get you to the ground, she can win. Right. If she can put her hands on you, she can win. Right. But if you have a kickboxing specialist whose, you know, legs are 27 feet long and she can push you away. Right. And then knock you out with one kick to the throat. Right. There's no way that you you can win. So. Um, so if we get this kickboxer to the ground, she can't defend herself. Right. So that's where the mixed part comes in. But if she can knock you out in 11 seconds, then you don't get her to the ground either. If I know any basic kickboxing defenses, mm-hmm. then... That's not going to happen. Right. Right. And that's kind of what we saw with Rhonda. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so we need just a little bit of um, the that. That's why the mixed portion portion is so important. Mm-hmm. And um, like in in my fights, if anyone has a chance, go subscribe YouTube or find me on uh, Instagram. But I have clips of where I've been able to use the cage wall in my um, benefit, where I'm scraping the girl's face across the the cage, or I can use it. I can bounce her off. And when I kick her, I break her nose. Mm-hmm. I can also use the ground to my advantage. Like if I'm punching someone in the face, I can grind their face down and then attack an arm. Mm-hmm. Or I can just knock someone out. Right. Yeah. So UFC started 
when, when was the first year of that? 90? 90-something. Yeah. Well, it was late 90s, I think. Uh, it was but a wee one. It was probably 97 or 8. Don't we have a... I think we have staff for this, don't we? 93. <laughs> was the five. first event. 93. So we're coming up on 30 years. Wow. 26 years ago, if I'm doing my arithmetic right. And how old are you? I was five in 93. Right. So you've... Did you ever watch when you were a kid? No. Were you, I, even, I, were you even aware of it when mm, you were a kid? Nope. I was not aware of any real mixed martial arts. I hadn't watched any when I started fighting. Um, mm -hmm. Not until the past couple of years that I actually start watching MMA. Right. When was your first UFC fight? My first UFC fight was this past July, but my first MMA fight was in 2012. 2012. Uh what are the, uh, I don't guess it would, UFC is the, is the, is the preeminent organization. What are the other organizations that are kind of doing the same thing? Yeah, there's. And a, have you had anything to do with them? There are a couple uh, international ones that are both for men and women. Bellator, LFA, um, one championship, uh, FC, FC is FC one, I'm sorry. Uh, there's Invicta. Invicta is an all women's um, mm -hmm. fighting circuit, and I have fought for Invicta twice. Yeah, yeah, twice. And they are actually in under the same umbrella of the UFC, so they're kind of a feeder. A lot of uh, great women have gone through there. Um, Chris Cyborg, Rose Namajunas, uh, Amanda Nunez, who's the current uh, champion for the feather title, f featherweight and bantam. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of really cool girls that gone through there. Um, yeah, and there's always smaller local promotions that put on shows. Right. Where is the kind of the hotbed of all of this stuff? Is it the United States? Are we kind of leading the world in in the development of MMA? Currently, we are. Yes. Um, there was uh, overseas, and I want to say China. There was the. Um, the ring, it's in a boxing ring, but it's still mm -hmm. MMA. Um, Pride? Pride. Is it Japan? Okay, I'm sorry. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, Pride. Yeah, so currently right now, the UFC is really the top tier. Right. And five-minute rounds so. are, the, are the norm. Three five-minute rounds, and for championship or headliners, it's uh, five five-minute rounds. Right. Or unless, you know, submission or not. What is your record so far? I am seven and one as a pro, mm -hmm. eight and one, eight and one as a pro. Yeah, don't get that wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I get hit in the head, head, head for fun, so <laughs> it's all a blur. The, the numbers uh, kind of merge. Two and zero right. oh as an ammy. Am what, I eight and one? I'm what, eight and one. What, 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 what's pro versus amateur? What's the? You get paid. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it. The only distinction, and you can throw elbows as a pro, but. The only difference between a pro and an amateur is that you get paid as a pro. Right. Yeah. So it's just a matter of you getting selected to fight another pro. Yep. Right. And who makes that decision? I have a manager that makes that puts my name out there. Right. Um, if I can bring in tickets, they'll sign me. And then the officials in the organization decide who's going to be on the card. Right? Yes. 
Yeah, they want to have the most exciting fighters out there. You know, if all I'm going to do is lay on top of someone and not show right. any blood, like it's not that great. Right. So it, there's a there's a component of uh, marketability. Yeah, in, in terms of just the entertainment value of the yeah of the engagement, right? I wonder if that enters into boxing. McGregor, um, Mayweather. Yeah. Right. That was all marketing. That was all, you know, names. I paid for that one. I yeah. paid 100 bucks to watch that. Yeah, knowing, we watched it. Knowing full well what would happen, you know. It's like, you, mm-hmm. you got to see it. 100 <laughs> bucks. We were talking earlier, and you had a an event coming up here pretty quick in Singapore that got canceled. What was the What was the situation? Yeah, so uh, I was supposed to fight next weekend on the 26th. And, and we're filming this on... Uh, Friday, the uh, what is today? The 18th. This is the 18th. It is. So, yeah. Oh God! Look, Rogan's called again. Oh, Tell him hi. I wish he'd leave us alone. He just keeps <laughs> bothering me about wanting me to be on his show, and I've I've told him how many times have I told him no? At least 42. 42, 43 today. times. Well, yeah, he's called twice today. So, so I, well, anyway, let me turn that over so I don't have to listen. So. Today's the 18th. We're filming this on the 18th. And uh, you were supposed to be in Singapore next weekend. Right. Yeah. For the So UFC what happened? Uh, my opponent got in- injured. She uh, uh, broke her kneecap, I believe so, mm. or something along those lines. So, you know, this is unfortunate. It would have been both of our sophomore fights in the UFC. And it would have been a good fight. Hopefully I get to fight her in the future. Who is the girl? Carol Rosa from uh, Brazil. And she's just got belted she just got her black belt not too long ago and mm-hmm. she came off a win in the ufc china so, so this was going to be a a step up from the last one um or was it kind of parallel to the last it's a, it's a lateral move right yeah so what happens now I wait, I train, I wait, I get stronger, I get better. So, well, then your manager is out fishing for another one right now, yeah. right? Yeah, the right one, the one that makes sense. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So you don't have to accept everything that's offered to you, right? Correct, I don't. How many times have you turned people down? I have not turned anyone down that I could rationally fight. I've had to turn right. people down because of medical reasons. I had stitches and they offered me a fight and I couldn't accept it because no. I wasn't medically ke- cleared. Um, I just came off a broken thumb. They won't let you fight with stitches? No. Or you won't let you fight? No, no, I, I I don't have medical clearance to okay. fight with, right. with uh, They don't stitches. want you in the ring if you... Right. And then uh, I had to turn down <coughs> another one because I had been um, released from surgery like maybe a month afterwards mm-hmm. and so... I still had to let my bone heal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what are the injuries that you have have received here? Mainly superficial stuff. I know you told me last time we talked that you'd broken your hand. Yeah. So I broke my thumb. I shattered it at the, the joint at the joint here. So I basically punched so hard that my thumb got caught. It was sticking out because the gloves are a little big. Mm-hmm. So it was sticking out. And I punched her so hard that it compressed and broke down here into three different pieces um i got stitches on my eyebrow i have nice little that's gonna happen again yeah oh yeah it's the second time actually the first one is because you you got a brow ridge that doesn't like being hit so 
So I just mm -hmm. got to move my head faster. Yeah. And uh, my finger popped out, dislocated and popped out um, during one oh, of my I fights. Yeah. I tried to put it back in. I didn't realize that it was my bone was sticking out. So I tried to put it back in. I looked down and it was during the fight. And I'm like, all right, my bone's out. So I switched stances and I put my right hand forward. Right. And I tried to keep fighting and the ref well, was like, very, no. That's very resourceful. Yeah. I wanted to keep fighting. Well, sure. Yeah. Sure. You don't feel it during the during the fight, I'm sure, right? Yeah. I was fine. It's it's a bone. Looked right. like a chicken wing. <laughs> Same color. <laughs> oh god. Oh, my. So uh you uh, train uh, for fights a little bit differently than a lot of people do. And one of the primary reasons we wanted to talk to you is because you're one of the few people in the sport that seems to understand that stronger is better. Now, it is a common problem among sport coaches all over sports, that they are not interested in having their athletes train under the bar for, you know, they'll pay lip service to it, but there's most, most sports, and some are worse than others. Boxing is probably the worst we've ever heard of. The, those guys just don't understand that, that you can get stronger and therefore hit somebody harder if you're stronger if you lift weights. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's 1953, apparently, where they're still telling people that'll slow you down and all this nonsense. All this mythology that's obviously wrong. Uh, you uh, know better than that. And one of the comments uh, that we've heard from the, from the people you fought is that my God, she's strong. We're hearing that from their coaches. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it's interesting to me that the mindset remains so thoroughly entrenched against a progressive strength training program in the combat sports. I don't understand why it's not obvious that. Well, all right, why did they put weight classes into UFC? Because the bigger guys are stronger mm -hmm. than the little guys. What does that tell you? What does it tell you when steroids are used in a sport? It, this, this is not complicated. Stronger is important, yet the mindset especially in in MMA remains for most of the people to do it certainly most of the coaches that we don't need to lift weights and what's what's your what the fuck is going on with these people you know it actually wasn't without a little bit of kicking and screaming on my part for me to actually believe it so mm -hmm. it it is very difficult because it it's so entrenched in our mindset that Yes. Weight training will make you slower, will make you bigger, will right. make it harder. Right. It doesn't. It actually makes it easier um, cutting because it is part of the culture still because of the mm -hmm. weight classes. Uh, cutting weight is easier when you're more muscle. Right. Because water 
pulls comes out yeah. easy. Right. So it's um, I it took my husband a couple of fights for me to really start believing in it, and mm-hmm. um, we weight train, and that's what we do. We get under the barbell. I've always loved weight training, mm-hmm. but because I didn't have to focus on the number on the scale. I did it all the time when I was younger and when I was playing a multitude of sports. But now Mm -hmm. when I have to focus, when it's an issue, when the number on the scale is an issue, I was a little hesitant at the beginning. Now I'm all about it. I'm fine. I know how to cut weight. You've been through the process several times and and you understand the advantages here. Uh, And I'm, I'm the pro... I'm like team captain uh, um, at our gym. And so mm-hmm. the fighters that we do produce, we run their strength training. And they listen, they follow, and they've all had great results. They all follow barbell training. They all do the same cut. We don't use any PEDs. And we're successful. Right. We're really successful. Well, anytime steroids are involved in a sport, this is a, a this is the same thing as saying strong is important. Steroids are a way of saying, I'd rather just not do my deadlifts. Oh, my God. People are you know, so fucking entitled. That, it pisses yeah, me I, off I, so much. I understand. It's, it's uh, you, 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 Baseball players uh, are famous for substituting steroids for barbells. If strong is important, why don't you lazy bastards just stop relying solely on your genetics and your steroids and get under the bar. Because it's hard. Get under the bar and do the work. People don't know work ethic. People don't have a work ethic. A lot of gifted athletes, a lot of gifted athletes, because of the way the whole thing is set up, have never had to get under the bar and get stronger than they are now because however strong they are now has been enough and all of that potential has remained untapped and it's it's interesting to me that uh they would they would rather uh just take the stuff than they would put in the work two or three times a week and add five pounds. So there's sets of five squats, there's set of five deadlifts, add two and a half pounds, their bench press, their overhead press. I, I don't understand. What, what, have, what, have, what has been said to you about this? Oh gosh, uh, let's start from the beginning. So I've, in high school, I was offered steroids. Uh, they said I could be so much better. Well, of course. Yeah, I never took it. It's any. high school and everybody yeah. was. Never right. took any. I don't know if I'm a naturally gifted athlete. Um, Have you ever had your vertical jump measured? Measured, yeah. What is it? 23? No. It was more than that. 26 or 7. 7. You're a naturally gifted athlete. But I wouldn't, I never knew that growing up. No, and you wouldn't. In the sports that I did. You wouldn't have known it growing up, except by virtue of the fact that everybody wanted you on their team. I just had a work ethic. Right. The work ethic is important, obviously. The work ethic is important. And you either have a work ethic or you don't. Right. Right? This comes from your upbringing. It comes from your genetic, psychological makeup. You either want it real bad or you don't. Yeah. Your desire, your passion for it. What's your passion? You know, will you do what's necessary? Right. 
right? If you've got people telling you that, that what you need to do is dance around on the floor with 10-pound dumbbells, then that might appeal to a person with a work ethic in the same way that getting under a heavy, a progressively heavier barbell would appeal to somebody with a work ethic because it's presented to you as equivalent. Right. Most of the people at the professional levels of your sport don't do heavy squats and deadlifts because they've been convinced that they don't need to or that they shouldn't. They're, Conversely, that they shouldn't. They're convinced that the 10-pound... They're, they're convinced even. that functional training is better right. than it's easier. It is easier. It's a hell of a lot easier than getting under a bar and doing a set of five with a weight that you don't know you can do the fifth rep of. Because, see, that is a... You know, nobody's ever worried about about missing the 15th rep of a set of 10-pound dumbbell throws around in the floor. Right. But your PR set of five squats, the last rep you don't is, know. <laughs> yeah. is just as much here mm-hmm. as it is here. Right. If you are taught... Which translates... Of course, it obviously for, it for does. For MMA, any fight Obvi- ever. For any sport. Yeah. It translates to performance. Yes. Testing yourself, knowing that you don't really ever know what your limits are until you reach them. Mm-hmm. Never telling yourself, I can't, but instead telling yourself, I must. Right. Right. That's one of the things that that this distraction that functional training is presented to athletes all over the world has has cost you don't understand that your limitations are not always where you think they are you've been given permission to not find out whether or not you can do this thing that's so hard you don't know whether you can do it or not and the only way to find it out is to try. Right. In the absence of heavy barbell training, how are you going to learn that? You know, some people just have big giant cantaloupe-sized balls and will try anyway. Right. But here is a way to teach that to people that aren't naturally that way. Yet, we're being taught that it's not necessary and that other things are better. With this in mind, what what are the arguments you have heard presented against barbell training? Who's presented them to you? Who else has heard this? Who chose to believe it, and why did you not choose to believe it? So in the beginning, I did barbell training uh, throughout <clears throat> high school. I did the Bigger, Faster, Stronger. I'm sure you're aware of it. Yeah. And uh, we, I remember going in there for zero period. That's when my mom said that I opened up the school. And so I've been in love with the barbell since then, since I was 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. Um, Afterwards, I bought my own bumper set, like after college and everything. Mm -hmm. Got my own bumper set and I was doing my own programming. Um, And then when I got into mixed martial arts, I was told, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Right. 
It's going to make you heavy. It's going to make you slow. Who told you that? Everyone. All, Everyone. The, all the athletes, all the coaches. All the athletes, coaches, all the observers. Um, they told me to run. And so I ran. I actually. Because that's what you do in the ring, right? <laughs> Not that's me specifically, but that's some what people. You, that's what, yeah. From, I chase. From you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So that's what I did. I've, I've run marathons and ultra marathons. Um, I've done endurance races and I do them well. Um, mm-hmm. But I always kept barbell training and it was mostly mm-hmm. because I enjoy it. I love it. I love the the strain, the knowing that I can push that weight, knowing that I can get under the bar. Um, I'm just really good at lifting heavy shit. Good. So good. And that that is helpful, isn't it? I kept and it. When did it occur to you that this whole thing in the ring was not just about the technique, that it was about the the amount of force with which you can interact with an opponent. When men started telling me I have to use muscle against you, which was the very beginning, because I am a strong girl. Which is a which is a way of saying strong is good. Yeah. Right. You're stronger than our other female sparring partner. Yep. I'm stronger than most of the men sparring partners. Right. Um, so I I I always kept barbell and, training. And yet these guys are still the same people that are telling you not to squat and deadlift. I've never been one to follow the rules. Right. So I just kept doing what I do. Um, Why can they not see <laughs> what the hell they're saying and the contradiction? They're making the obvious observation mm-hmm. that you're stronger. You're strong. But don't do the things that, that are obviously making you strong because that's what cheating it wasn't important <laughs> what's important was how fast my mile was ah right right you see how frustrated over here on this side of the table i get with this kind of stupid shit yeah it's just amazing to me well that yeah that that people don't understand it's right there right there well, you you have to be able to see it it's laying right there and yet i mean every piece of evidence points in this direction weight classes right steroids right the outlier that will actually train and kicks everybody's ass right it's all laying right there mm-hmm. but still these stubborn bastards Don't will do it. no because I wonder if it's professional jealousy. They don't know how to teach you how to squat. And so you don't need to learn. What do you get the feeling that perhaps part of it is that? They're just not educated in it. Yeah, people do what they want to do. People do what they want to do and she likes lifting, so she got fucking strong and kicks everybody's ass. And nobody can learn from it. Yeah. No, they can't. And nobody can learn from it. Right. Yeah. This is why you're right. going to yell and scream about this shit for the rest of your life and nobody right. will listen. Now, you're right. No, because and- because the people who are genetically gifted end up being the best in the world. And if the best in the world don't lift weights, why does anybody else need to lift weights? And that's the logic. That's the that's the argument. It's not logic. Right. But that is the argument. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just weird. It's weird. 
you know, and this is this is why I've always said that we are narrow casting. We're narrow casting. We are telling everybody that will listen to us that they need to get stronger. But only a few people like you can absorb the logic of this because this is not a because the argument that the greatest football player, the greatest soccer players in the world don't lift weights, so why should anybody else lift weights? That's a very compelling argument. It's, it's cause and effect versus correlation. You have a science background. You understand the problems with that. Mm-hmm. But lots of people don't. And it's, it's hard to argue against the fact that the, 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 the champion in everybody's weight class all throughout MMA doesn't do heavy squats and deadlifts. So why, if you want to be champion, would you do something they didn't have to do? And they just don't understand the argument. Because Which is fine. I mean, it's fine for me. It's fine for you. Yeah, and I, I'm going to be at a better you're position. Gonna take, you're going to take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. And because of that lack of analysis. Right? Well, I want to talk about geology. Oh, gosh. Because okay. <laughs> I... I know this is an aside. Gotta squeeze it in. We just lost most everybody on the whole. <laughs> We're going to talk about geology. Hey, Julia, I still dig it. Oh, do you? I graduated in 83, and I still, when I'm driving down the road. Looking at formations? I look at road cuts and formations. And, oh, my gosh. You know, You've I, been to Vegas, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you check out the basins there and everything? Yeah. I freak out yeah. every time. Every time I'm like, Cody, look. I've, look around. I've been all over Wyoming and Montana and all the western United States where there's not a bunch of vegetation cluttering up mm. the cluttering up the, the the geologic sequence and you can see all this stuff on the on the side of the road and it just Stupid still biology. fascinates me. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I've 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 enjoyed it since I was young and uh, I still do. What did? Where is? What's your? Is your degree petroleum geology? No, uh, you, environmental well, geology. So right. just general geology. Right. Yeah. With an emphasis in um, sed strat, so sedimentary and stratigraphy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where do you work? What's your day job, and what do you do? I work at Chesapeake Energy um, Oil and Gas Company. Big independent. Yes. So um, I work for them. I am a geological technician. So I work more on the background. So I process the data. I don't interpret the data. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked on an oil rig. I've geosteered wells. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you in the field ever at your day Not job anymore. now? Not anymore, no. I'm, I used to be on a rig for two years working 12-hour shifts and being um, a mud logger, well-site geologist, yeah, catching samples, catching, mm-hmm. cleaning, sniffing rocks, all mm-hmm. that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is is how is Chesapeake doing a lot of fracking? Um, what are are they more conventional stuff? No, we're unconventional for sure. Right. Yeah, uh, we drill all over the place. It it seems to me as though the uh, the role of exploration geology has been diminished recently with the development of radial drilling and, and no fracking and stuff. There's we no already money know, to explore. 
we already know where everything is. If you've got a black shale formation, mm -hmm. we don't need exploration geology anymore. We know where the Barnett Shale is, for example. We know the extent of it. It's been mapped for decades. But there's always pockets, right? Because there's yes. always the, the structural like anomalies. So mm -hmm. um, say the Merrimack, right? Yeah. That was right in our backyard, and we didn't know about it nobody until would, a couple of years ago. Nobody thought about it. Yeah, right. you can, I can throw a stone and hit that rig. Right. And, like, I mean, that just came out of nowhere. Someone's like, oh, let's just dig there. Let's check this out. That's, right. you know. So there's always these anomalies. You know, we don't know. It, like, geology is a soft science, right? It's all arm waves and whiskey. Right. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Compared to engineering, yes, it is. Yes, comparatively. Right. So uh, because we don't know Earth's legit history. Right. There are we two, know it's round, though. There are too many variables. It is a multivariate system. It's like physiology. Right. In that, there are things we don't know we don't know. Right. Right. And we, we don't, the, there are so many variables mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we don't even have control over the, all the ones we know are there. Correct. Plus the fact that there are pockets right. that haven't been run across yet. So I think there's still some validity in, like, true exploration. There's still some out there. There's that was the romance. You know, back in yeah. <laughs> 80 years ago, these guys running around doing, it. doing it. surface geomorph and, and, and looking at formation subsurface based on clues they'd run across on the surface. Oh. Doing geology from an airplane. <laughs> these guys flying around and, oh, look at that thing. Oh, that looks like a structure. Let's, let's, let's go down there and look at the ground. Yeah. That was those were the heydays, man. That was that that's, romanticized. That's the romance. Yeah. That's the romance. Well, enough of that. We're boring people with our no, our great. little bullshit they thing we've got. Interviewed. So while I was in Vegas, there was two yeah. earthquakes. Really? Yeah, yeah. Out of really? nowhere, right? Oh boy, uh, I was so happy. Well, the basin and range is an active place. It was you know? a dormant, um, blind thrust fault, I believe it was. How and dormant? <laughs> there hadn't been an earthquake. Dormant is relative. Well, yeah. I mean, there right. there hadn't been an earthquake there for like 30 years or something like that, mm -hmm. that it came from. Yeah, that's not real dormant. Yeah, well, within our time. Right. Our, yeah. But it was super cool. And my right. husband ran around going, we're all going to die. And I was like, no, no, we're fine. No, it was, Calm down. We're not going to die just now. At least we're not in Los Angeles. Mm, right. I get nervous out there, man. I lived through oh, the Northridge earthquake. A the, fan fell the, on me. Oh, really? Yeah. The <laughs> well, at least the freeway didn't fall on you. <laughs> the overpass didn't fall on It was like, uh, you. what, 92 or oh, something yeah. like that? Oh, that was that's the one where oh god, I yeah. remember that. That's where yeah. it, those those poor bastards it. got collapsed on top of out mm -hmm. on the fan. Yeah. Ugly situation. Mm. Yeah, you're California makes me nervous. That's one of the reasons I don't like to be there. Do I make you nervous? I'm Californian, so California no, adjacent. You, you're you're just fine because <laughs> you moved. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you don't live there anymore, so you're just fine. Julie, tell us what it's like coming back to work in the office after you've just gotten your brains beaten out over the weekend. What do you 
do they allow you like a day off or what do you how well did how well do they understand what you do and are they accommodating and and so there's that aspect of it but how do you focus on what the hell you're supposed to be doing when you've just gotten through with a fight my coworkers and my company is completely understanding of my my passion which Mm -hmm. is fighting and I don't I only take on what I can responsibly handle so until that becomes an issue I will continue to be both a geologist and a fighter so that being said you know coming back after a fight uh, I usually tend to be okay if I have an injury I work around it because Mm -hmm. that's what you do you just adapt and um, if there's one time I did have a concussion, so for about a week I was like, "Who am I? I know I should." <laughs> and my coworkers, ibuprofen doesn't help with that. <laughs> my coworkers were completely okay with it, you know, and they helped me out. And there were things that I was able to do um, throughout that time while I recovered. But uh, you know, cut week tends to be a little difficult. I'm very angry and hungry and thirsty, and I once threw a water bottle <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> I was angry. Um, I, I just tend to be very honest. Well, at least they honest. didn't fire you for that. Oh, no, no, no. no. It's, it, it's all around my friends. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to mm-hmm. conduct myself in certain situations. Right. I read the audience. And when I'm allowed to, I act out because I need to <laughs> let it out. Uh, after a fight, if I have a bruise or stitches, people know that it's from fighting and they're okay with it. And they ask right. how the other girl is. <laughs> what does she look like, Julie? Yeah, they're like, oh, you look this bad? Ooh. <laughs> um, and actually, after this last fight, I went and I did one of the classes that's offered at the, the gym that's on campus. And um, I was out running everyone. And they're like, hey, hey, you guys need to catch up. This, this one just had a fight. <laughs> you know, well. Go catch her. So it's, it's fun. You know, everyone's super super supportive and i have a lot of my coworkers go to my events you know and i can there was one time uh it's a, there's video of it where um it was a five round fight it was a championship fight and i was it was against nico montano and someone goes go chesapeake and i start laughing my eyes swollen shut and i just start laughing i'm like <laughs> blood everywhere <laughs> chesapeake so, yeah. oh god it's it's great you know um it's a great work-life balance, and it, I, I get it all the time, like, but you're so pretty. Why do you want to fight? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I never would have expected you to be a fighter. Eh? Do I need to we, be ugly? Is that a requirement? Do I, do I need to do what you expect me to do? Yeah. Haven't eh, done it yet. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to start listening now. <laughs> Julia, thank you for being with us today. We wish you the best of luck, and... Uh, Although I don't think you need it. I think you'll take care of that yourself. Flex for the week. In fact, thank you for joining us today on Starting Strength Radio. We'll see you next time.